This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Sabah al-khair, hello, wala, and welcome to the second hour of Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. You're about to meet the king of Thorbs, the Saudi designer who is turning traditional garments into exciting fashion pieces with a fresh, new, contemporary feel. Hatem Al-Aqil is joining me to talk fashion, celebrities and the growth and development of Saudi art, design and culture, plus inspiring a whole new generation of entrepreneurs in the Arab world. We'll be talking about this and so much more next on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. 95. Keeping it local. Keeping it local. All day, every day. Pulse 95. Heart of Shasha. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Multi-award-winning Saudi fashion designer Hatem Al-Aqil emerged onto the global fashion scene by giving the traditional Arab tub a modern contemporary makeover in his sharp tailoring, unique designs and exciting concepts drew inspiration from diverse cultures. This has created a whole new look that has propelled Saudi fashion into the 21st century. And so to share his story, going from the corporate world and banking all the way into the world of fashion. I'm so pleased to welcome to the studio Hatim, Hatim Al-Aqil. Welcome. Thank you, Thank you Sally. It's good to be here. By the way, those are really great, humbling words. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well deserved, though. Um, Thank you. You have an amazing story. Somebody who I've ha- had my eye on uh, for years looking at your uh, your t- career trajectory, really. Um, a- and your designs really do stand out, not just when you're talking about Arab fashion, but on the world stage. I appreciate um, that. Thank you. So let's kind of go back because you didn't start out in fashion. This is not where it is at all. You are, <laughs> of course, from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, educated in Switzerland. Tell us more about your background. Yeah. Well, I'm what you call a citizen of the world, <laughs> but I'm very proud of my roots. And uh, basically, I went to boarding school in Switzerland when I was younger uh, and then continued uh, to Saudi for a few years. Mm. And then after that, went to high school in the States and then university in Boston. So most of my education was outside. But when I moved back, uh, I really uh, could not really get along within the whole kind of corporate environment at work. You know, I worked with Leo Burnett, uh, which was a great experience. And I worked with Shalhoub, which was also very enriching. Um, and then when I started working with the bank, I was like, okay, this is where it's got to stop because <laughs> it was not for me. Yeah. Uh, didn't really enjoy the, the corporate world. And then I went on a trip to London and saw uh, Savile Row. And I said to myself, wait a minute, why... Why don't we have that? Why don't we have that kind of like savoir-faire in in, uh, in Saudi when it comes to construction, manufacturing, quality, excellence? So I took it upon myself to get a few tailors who were very meticulous, uh, and I myself, as a you know, a very meticulous person when it comes to fashion. Uh, I mean, we've been lucky since we were kids. You know, my mom would always dress us in the best clothes so we had an idea of like you know what kind of aesthetics uh to expect so i basically decided to make my my own tobes so in the bank you had to wear a tobe every day the, the equivalent of a tobe uh, at the bank is either you wear a suit or you wear a tobe so mm. 
And I was like, I'm not going to be wearing the same top every day. <laughs> you just want to show your personality and yeah, individuality. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is like, what people misunderstand about what we do is we, we're not changing culture. What we're doing is we're adding uh, more variety. As they say, variety is the spice of life. So the whole idea is to add some variety and also take it to the next level when it comes to quality. So what I wanted to do is not just to, to become a designer, but also to kind of improve the landscape of manufacturing in Saudi. And I think that, um, alhamdulillah, I feel like with, with my brand, I've been able to do that. Uh, people really look at, look at the concept of the taube now as a garment that can be well finished there's a thing such a thing called you know a taube that's signé which means like branded taube mm. uh, and now the whole uh, me and, and many other great designers in Saudi are actually uh, you know tapping into this and I think that this is, this is a great uh, direction that we, we need to all head, head in towards following that uh, I was invited by Dubai Fashion Week uh, I opened my first boutique in Jeddah 2007 um, Obviously, the, you know, in banking, I realized that people started to pick up on it and yeah. uh, everyone's asking me, where did you get that one? Where did you get uh, that? And What's so interesting about your designs, though, um, you know, they are very fashion forward. They are, you know, forward thinking and progressive. Yeah. We forget that the Taube itself was a development. It yes. wasn't something that always existed, right? Um, and, and you're very much somebody who's not just looking for something new. But you're actually honoring roots as well. And this is actually really important to you. So tell me more about that. I mean, I think uh, what you realize, uh, someone like me who has, you know, lived in, in Switzerland, uh, be among people from all over the world, from Kenya, from Mombasa, from Australia, from all over the world. Uh, I, I, the concept of compartmentalizing any culture for me was very foreign, uh, let alone my own, you know. Uh, and so as I traveled and I came back to Saudi, I realized that I really need to celebrate my roots, mm. especially after being exposed to so many cultures. I, I felt like I wanted to kind of show my journey throughout my life to uh, to my people really and uh, through fashion fashion is such a great platform uh, and i think we should all uh, use it wisely um, and i think that without culture you don't really have any sense of identity your culture is your identity whatever you are really uh, and this is something that i'm very proud of uh, i think we should all celebrate our heritage mm. yeah. we started actually uh, the uh, interview by playing uh, lost in japan uh, and <laughs> okay. for a very good reason uh, you're actually and and it shows in, in your clothing, you're very much inspired by uh, Japan, yeah. Japanese culture, and you just returned from your first trip to Japan. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Hatem about that trip, what he learned, what he found. I know that you are super excited about it. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that next and uh, more with Hatem Al-Aqil on Life Beats on Pulse95. You're listening to Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Talking fashion with the one and only Hatem Al Aqil. And uh, uh, Hatem, we've talked about you know your uh, take on the thorb. Um, it's something that's completely unique, and and uh, to me, it's like finally, you know, when I when I saw your designs, I was like, 
finally somebody's kind of uh, taking that step to take it to the next level to do something with it. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, you've got a lot of, like you said, you know, growing up, a lot of different influences from so many different cultures and different countries uh, being lucky enough to yeah. travel and live in different countries. I want to ask you about, you know, the different places that have inspired you, both as a fashion designer um, and just in life, really. I mean, I just got back from Japan, so, uh, you know, the, one cannot say enough about how inspiring, how uh, meticulous, how uh, attention to detail when it comes to fashion, when it comes to art, when it comes to food, when it comes to... The details are, are phenomenal, how, how they think and how they see things. Um, my first fashion show was inspired by the samurai. I mean, you know, the Japanese culture, are, you know, I think the Japanese are ahead of us in, on, on many levels, you know, technology... And the list goes on. Uh, and I'll tell you, for me, it's 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 not just about technology. It's also about the aesthetic, and it's about uh, the sense of manners that they have. Um, I was thinking, and where was I all my life? You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should have gone a long time ago. Uh, yes, it is a long trip, but it's worth every every minute. Mm. Uh, we went to, of course, the first thing we went to see was the Samurai Museum, uh, and uh, just looking at how people are on the streets, even the fashion aesthetic. I mean, they could be wearing something very simple, but how they put things together, very on point and very progressive. Uh, the Ginza Street, which is where all the shopping areas, you know, the variety that you have is unlike anywhere in the else in the world. I mean... Because your uh, first collection was inspired by the samurai. Yeah, I so mean, yes, absolutely. T- tell me about bringing those elements into your fashion. Like, you know, how did you do it? What were you thinking? I mean, work. for me, Japanese culture has always been uh, like a beacon of style. Uh, you know, I read Memoirs of a Geisha. I've, you know, <laughs> been following uh, the culture for quite some time. Uh, and I thought that I wanted to, my first show needed to have like a sense of strong identity. I, you know, like I think it's about every designer should have a signature. Mm. So I thought that the samurai has such a strong identity because it's, it's very elegant. And at the same time, it's also very powerful and masculine. And this is what the brand, uh, I mean, my brand represents. It's about being powerful, being strong, having a, a signature. And mm-hmm. I think that the Japanese have been able to really make their mark historically uh, and even made their signature and their stamp. The kimono will forever be uh, be celebrated and worn and will be reintroduced into fashion over and over over the years. This is making a, a fashion signature. In fact, the Japanese always withhold their own, their own brands and their own culture and they really believe in promoting their own culture and the whole ethos of Japan, which was very refreshing, actually for me it was like a mental spa because all the things that I, I'm looking for and I can't find anywhere else I found in Japan. So like? it was like amazing aesthetics in, uh, in culture, withholding culture, but really celebrating it properly, um, amazing sense of manners. Mm. Uh, cleansiness. Yeah. Everything is so clean. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can be OCD at times. Uh, if, especially if you come to my, my boutique in Jeddah. I mean, you will find <laughs> everything immaculate. Uh, but just even going on the train. I mean, I never really, really usually go on uh, on the trains or very clean, very organized. Uh, it, it was just so refreshing. It's uh, just that, that there is this thing about, I don't know, about Japanese culture and design and art. It shows you know, through that. Um, But it's like this deep uh, sense of uh, respect for heritage that they have, for tradition, for craftsmanship as well. They have like this, what you were talking about, that strength that comes through discipline. Yes. Um, You know, deeply disciplined in whatever that they do to the point where they perfect it. 
Well, they also have an ingrained, uh, very strong work ethic, mm. which is something that we we can all learn from. You know, uh, the idea of you know, okay, yes, they they may be advanced, but they also work very hard and they're they're, they're very systematic, uh, and uh, just the sense of respect, not just for tradition, for each other, respect for anyone. Uh, the streets have a sign saying respect. You know, you hear that word all the time. It's just so refreshing. It's like kind of. Really going back, going back to your roots, and really thinking and evaluating what what Japan is about. It's it's kind of a reminder of uh, guys. Let's remember our heritage and celebrate it. And then there's you know something that I keep saying over and over, but you can still withhold your culture and move forward. I mean, this is you know something that I really believe in. You know, I don't know why people think that you know having a sense of culture or holding on to tradition is is backwards in thinking on the contrary i think it adds more value and it also creates a stronger sense of identity i think people who are in touch with their culture have a great sense of identity and that that's what people need to realize from uh, from japan and what i keep uh, keep thinking of actually uh, Mikhail, have uh, you got comments and questions coming Yeah, in? we actually got a comment from Big Haas. He's one of our presenters here at hey. the show. He's tuning in. Big Haas from Saudi representing. Yeah. Hey, uh, how's hello. it going? He's saying, uh, got to ask him about that Snoop Dogg collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> How important was it for him uh, to understand Saudi culture? How did the collaboration happen? We have to ask you about that. I was going to get to it, Big Haas. You beat me to it. All right. We're going to ask you about that, uh, Hatim. Uh, tell us more about what happened there. How did that collaboration happen? How did you come to dress Snoop Dogg? Well, I was actually very lucky. Uh, the first time around, he came and his team asked for, for us, and we weren't ready, unfortunately. We were we were selling at Saks at that at uh, you know a department store here for a period, and then the second time around, we were like, okay, we need to be prepared in case anyone asks for us, uh, and so we had a whole we always have like a backup collection ready. And his team asked me, uh, you know, to go to his hotel and you know walk into his hotel with you know security guards and there's a whole team there, and you see Snoop Dogg, you know, playing on the on you know on the games on the computer. Uh, very casual, uh, very respectful, uh, very insightful on on, on, cu- on our culture, and very much believes in, in in peace in the Middle East. And at that time, I had these peace bracelets which I did uh, to promote uh, peace. Uh, he gave them to all his crew, and he's like, everyone everyone must wear these bracelets when we're when I'm performing. And I I designed what's called Snoop Dogg, which is basically a tuxedo, uh, you know, deconstruction, of course. You know, Saint Laurent is one of my idols, so I always have also one of my idols with, among Japanese. So I used that as an example and uh, kind of merged that within the tobe. And the performance was just, it, it was epic. It was really epic. And he was such a nice person, so respectful uh, of our culture and uh, really wanted to make a point that, you know, I'm here to celebrate your culture. You know, and I'm here wow. to like, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it was like uh, almost like being in the twilight zone. I couldn't believe it was actually happening. And it definitely, you know, uh, helped me a lot. Uh, he actually did something else. In addition, I gave him about 10 tobes uh, as gifts. And then I was like, okay, great. A month later, I'm sitting and watching TV. And one of my friends tells me, Hatem, turn the TV on. And uh, it's here comes the King music video. Every single piece of my tobe is in the music video. I mean, like... It was his entire wardrobe. My entire wardrobe. I, even my shirts and... Video. Everything was from uh, from my brand. And it's amazing to just, you know, get that kind of uh, exposure. I was, I was blown away by it. Uh, and it really, really was just a humbling experience. Yeah. How fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, also, uh, amongst those that Hatim has dressed are Prince William 
and Christian Laboton. Uh, we're going to be talking about that and a lot more with him uh, next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. If you've got questions for Hatem, send those in as well. We love it. Thanks, Big House. Uh, more to come next on Life Beats. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats Beats. with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Coming back uh, to our conversation with Hatim Al-Aqil and uh, talking all things fashion, Saudi fashion, art and design to Snoop Dogg. It's all happening here in the studio with him. Um, Kind of leading off from that story, which is just so fantastic. I don't think Snoop Dogg gets enough credit for how smart he is and how in tune he is right no at all and uh, he, he made a conscious effort to tell me that i'm here to celebrate your culture amazing and he's very curious about our yeah. culture asking so many questions and so respectful and my, my peace bracelet that i designed he made sure that every single person on his crew was wearing it and he kept on saying peace in the middle east uh i mean uh, he's actually quite smart and uh, quite of an intellectual uh it's amazing how you know when someone is typecast they become typecast Cast, but there's definitely more to him than meets the eye. Yeah, and, and that's something that um, I guess uh, those like us who are from kind of have a foot in more than one culture, yeah. that's something that we try to do as well. That, you know, we try to make sure that identity, no matter how complex or it, it, it's not one thing that is uh, defined or stereotyped and that we try to move away from that and create, create programs, designs, um, art, fashion that represents that as well and that's what yeah. you do i mean uh it's all about expression really you know it's it's multifaceted and I, like we had discussed you know compartmentalizing and putting in boxes the whole idea about fashion is it's an extension of, of what you want to communicate and for me it was always about embracing cultures it was all about celebrating cultures and we're not just talking about west and east and it's a global fusion in you know, japan uh, and i'm open to different cultures even new york in, is a big one for you new york is uh, definitely a major one for me i mean uh, that's when the whole i was bitten by the fashion bug really when i first tell started. us what happened exactly you know in that story because you actually started modeling <laughs> yeah. Well, I went to, when I was going to school in Boston, uh, yeah. I did a double major, marketing communications, and we would go to New York frequently, uh, whether it's the theater, whether it's, you know, art, shopping. And uh, I was asked to do a couple of shows with uh, Jill Sander and Armani and then started going back and forth to New York on a regular basis. I love how you just said it like so quickly, like it was nothing. Did you hear that, guys? Jill Sander and Armani, Giorgio Armani were his first shows. So... <laughs> Just kind of standing at the top, really. I love that. Well, any excuse to get me to New York. I mean, yeah. uh, what I loved about New York is it wasn't so much about the brands. It was more about the style and the individuality. The people have their own concept, their own style going on. And I love that. Uh, it was very inspiring. And even mm-hmm. Anna Wintour says, you want to know what's next? The global season's happening. Just go to the meat park in the district in uh, New York or, or anywhere else in New York, really. I mean, they, they are true trendsetters uh, and uh, after that I, I told myself I have to find a way to get into fashion but I didn't know the formula I mean because you not, didn't have a, a like a pattern making no, background no formal training actually Nothing. no and yeah. I just you know shout out to all the designers out there who, who who are not actually trained designers but have a passion if you have an eye you can pretty much uh, you know achieve anything I think with fashion it's more about having a sense of taste and an eye and a vision 
Uh, everything else can follow along. Of course, get the technical skills down because otherwise you struggle, like I struggled in the beginning. Uh, and especially if you want things done right, but uh, don't let any obstacles stop you in fashion, really. Yeah, that's just brilliant advice because uh, if you start with a, a vision that is uh, a strong vision, just yes. like you did, you can make it happen. There are ways of making it all come to life and, and happen. But I want to come back to that story because you've you've dressed the likes of Prince William. What was that like? Uh, that was also <laughs> a groundbreaking moment for me. It was yeah. in Cambridge, uh, and so it, this from the scenery, it was a, it was like a like a dream, you know, having uh, scones and afternoon tea and sitting watching, you know, uh, Prince William uh, was like just completely uh, like I was fabricated completely, uh, and I was very wow. touched also by how how genuine and how humble and for me I've always had this this uh, you know respect and affinity towards Lady Diana so it was like I was dressing Diana's son and to me that was like you know an epic moment I mean uh, she was definitely one of the first people to, to inspire me and, and influence me in fashion and uh, it's amazing what, what kind of a style icon she was and also what the humanitarian she was and I saw all of it in uh, in him uh, I saw the, the how humble and how down to earth he was and it was just really refreshing to see that so it was uh, you can there, there aren't enough words to describe the the experience and the privilege yeah definitely amazing so you know for those who are up and coming uh, designers do you think that they everybody needs that or everybody at least in the world of social media they're looking for that moment where you know they have their Snoop Dogg moment or their Prince William moment or yeah. um you know, is this what designers need to kind of stand out? Because otherwise, you know, they can just be another designer. Designers need to understand the craft before anything else. To understand how, what it is to have a signature. Because it doesn't matter who they dress. Uh, those influencers or those celebrities wear many designers. So in order for them, when they have that platform, that moment of, of, of fame, they need to ensure that their garment is perfected. Mm. And I think that a lot of designers take the whole influencer concept a bit too far where they don't focus on the actual garment or the craft and they just focus on the person. And that's where they just become so diluted. You know, so you need to have your identity. You need to have a signature that will say, "Okay, this is this is such and such, and this is such and such." You know, uh, crucial. Uh, we had that incredible moment at the Global Citizen Festival with Beyonce wearing the dress by uh, Muhammad Ashi. Muhammad Ashi, who's also a Saudi designer yes, himself. Yes. I mean, you know, this is very exemplary of what I was just talking about. You know, like you get the craft, you get the garment ready, and you have that amazing platform. And that impact is so much stronger than, you know, something that's kind of, you know, uh, to be questioned. So yeah. I think that where, where Muhammad Ashi has really mastered is he has really taken the craft to the next level. We're talking about like an, you know, Elisab, you know, graduate basically. So he, he understands what couture and he, now he's selling in Italy, he's working. Also, what, what I don't, don't appreciate is when people say local designer or Saudi designer. Yes, we're proud to be Saudi and I represent Saudi, but it's about being recognized internationally and just recognized for your craft and your work, not where you are from, you know. Uh, yes. Uh, what I'm doing is I am promoting local talent, but I, I believe that there are people who are upset that I didn't promote them. Or, but the whole idea really is about getting the craft right. And once you get that, you, you take the whole fashion to, the, to a higher place. And that's what I want to do also. It's about perception. It's also about our perception as, as Saudis, as Arabs, as international community. We need to really 
understand how we can take fashion to the next to the to a higher place and this is something that you're definitely working on with Ithra we're going to be talking about that next with Hatem uh, taking uh, young designers up and coming designers to the next level uh, and the projects that you're working on to do that because it's something you're really passionate about more next on life beats on pulse 95 pulse 95 you're listening to Life Beats Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. We're back with the man that I like to kind of nickname um, Cary Grant because <laughs> you're very kind. Because Thank when you. you see him, when you see him, he's just so suave and so sophisticated. Uh, you have this thing about you that is so 1940s Hollywood. Much appreciated. It's so fabulous. It's one of my I favorite eras. Thank you very much. I Thank love you. it. And yeah. it's so funny because I was thinking that before I met you, and then you were like, "That's actually my favorite era." <laughs> um, but yeah, you get that feel about you. We're definitely in sync. <laughs> definitely <laughs> I in think sync. So. Thank you. I think so. But you know what? You've gone beyond um, the tub for men. Um, you are actually designing for women as well yes. and for kids, yes. which I love so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, Toby Jr. has be, kind of become like, you know, you know uh, a go-to for Ramadan. Mm. Uh, Ramadan, you know, as you know, in Eid, uh, all the, uh, the mothers... Uh, compete with each other about you know which of is the course. the the most fashionable uh, tobe that they have and uh, the nice thing about the junior collection is that you can be as creative as you want with the the, the men's the gents yeah obviously there's a certain point where you have to stop but creatively you can be as creative as you want with the junior so it's, I I really it's actually one of my pride and joys that I have uh, especially seeing. All these smiley faces that we have in Ramadan, um, and then we do special competitions uh, where everyone posts their picture, and then they win a prize. Um, last prize was a three-day uh, family stay at the St. Regis Maldives. Wow, uh, amazing! And then but they send me pictures. You, uh, that's just brilliant. I love it. But what made you go into women's fashion as well and designing for kids? I mean, when you have your own retail, uh, you also get to a point where you have to listen to your clients. And mm. a lot of these, you know, uh, mothers, uh, sisters, uh, daughters who are like coming to me and sending me, why don't you do, you know, designs for women? And I, I didn't start doing it until I really became inspired. My inspiration was, I think, uh, it's not a abaya, it's a jacket that any lady can wear and that can add to any outfit. Uh, it's, it's a fashion statement. Uh, I wanted to bring, come up with jackets that are very architectural, very constructed, and have a strong sense of obviously what part of our Toby DNA, uh, part of our DNA is uh, is uh, embroidery. Uh, we have our own atelier, and the whole concept is about really mastering the craft of embroidery. Um, we use different themes from uh, you know peacocks to feathers to flowers, uh, and the whole idea is to kind of take the uh, the jacket which I call I don't call it abaya, a long jacket and, and turn it into a fashion statement which you can wear anywhere really whether you're in Avenue Montaigne or Tahlia or anywhere yeah exactly uh, really is uh, a fashion Thank statement you. for any woman uh, I would say it's not you know just it because I know we talk about modest dressing yeah. but this is you know become something so big it's not just for Muslim women anymore yeah. um, you know gorgeous pieces like these gorgeous jackets I, I saw these Thank uh, you. Amazing with the fleur de lis on the you know on the jackets. Thanks. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. designs. You really have uh, this amazing eye for something that is sophisticated, something that is really elegant, 
Um, and, you know, it just, you want to be in it, but it looks super comfortable at the same time. Yes, and the last collection which I did with Ithra, I was adamant about creating a collection that is uh, styled. Usually I styled it with, you know, international designers. I styled it with Saudi designers. Mm. And the Saudi designers were the ones that which we selected for the, uh, I'm doing obviously part-time curating with, with Ithra. Uh, Razan Al-Azouni, who's uh, amazing in uh, couture, and demi-couture. Uh, Rima Kanhal, who, you know, uh, Dress people like Naomi Campbell and uh, won uh, the Vogue Prize, uh, Shador, which is really, really spectacular, uh, but traditional at the, at the same time. And Noura Sheikh, uh, those are the ones that I think I really have a strong sense of understanding of the craft and have their own signature as well. Mm. So we did a, a, a combined photo shoot. You're going to try um, to tell us more about Ithra. You know, uh, this is a very important platform yes. uh, that you're, like you said, helping to cur- curate and uh, giving Saudi designers uh, a whole new way of uh, coming into the market as well. So yeah. tell us a bit more about that and how those designers benefit. I mean, the, the, my, my whole motive of, of uh, curating uh, was to to create a platform which does not exist, actually. Um, as a designer, for, for, for me, uh, it was a struggle initially to, you know, create a sense of networking, find the right manufacturing, um, and have an actual platform that I can utilize uh, and go to. Uh, and this, is, uh, this was my whole goal, is to create a place where... Designers can go to for advice, go to for questions, and have uh, opportunity to have talks. Uh, we brought uh, many great speakers. It was actually a forum and it was a uh, exhibition. So mm. I, all the designers that I just mentioned uh, were exhibited, and then uh, alongside there was a forum. Uh, we brought people to come and talk about artificial intelligence, talk about fashion, talk about manufacturing, uh, talk about how can we create a, a viable made in KSA. How can you? start to attain a sense of credibility when it comes to fashion and industry. We need to start creating an industry. We need to uh, add to our credibility. And it really isn't that difficult. You just have to really join forces with, with experts uh, from all over the world. And it's also about bridging. Fashion can also bridge cultures. It can uh, bridge perspectives. It can change perspective. It can actually you know, change perception completely. So I, I was very happy uh, with the end result. Uh, we got an overwhelming amount of positive feedback. Uh, it was, you know, it was an honor being part of it. Um, but the most important thing was the workshops. Uh, we also did workshops. Um, and the, the smile on the, on, on the people's faces and how they enjoyed the fa- How can you create a brand workshop, for example, you know, uh, that alone was, uh, they were so happy with it and they really felt like it was productive. And the whole idea is about growth. So create an event that will lead to growth and, and knowledge and uh, learning. What do you think we need right now to grow the industry, not just in Saudi, uh, yeah. but to grow the fashion industry here in uh, the Middle East? I think we need to go to the core. We need to go to the core, which is manufacturing. Mm-hmm. We need to have the proper manufacturing. If we want to be in any any trade show internationally or any fashion week, we need to have the confidence of showing our pieces and saying, you know what, those pieces can hold uh, themselves alongside any other country. Yeah. Uh, this is where we need to go, to the core. And then from there, we need to also, you know, Open our hands and, uh, I mean, uh, let, let people in when it comes to, to networking, when it comes to, you know, uh, introducing people to uh, certain editors, uh, international. I mean, obviously being part of certain publications is also important. So whatever uh, contacts we have, we need to also share them. Um, I think 
what we don't realize is that when we are empowering the youth, we are empowering our country, we're empowering our, our culture, wherever we are. And uh, for me, I felt like, I honestly feel like it's, alhamdulillah, I've been given such a great platform. It would be vulgar not to. And uh, one of my mission is to really make it much easier um, because I, I must say, when I came to the UAE, UAE has embraced me in such a great way. Um, Saudi is still a little bit, uh, you know, in, in the green phase. And alhamdulillah, we are progressing, we're getting much further. Uh, and I'm very grateful for what the UAE has done to me and how it has embraced me, has given me a platform like Dubai Fashion Week and uh, being able to move forward. And I look forward to translating that into Saudi as well. You know, the UAE has also been a great benchmark for us. Uh, and I think that it's translating very positively into Saudi as well. We're so excited for that, uh, Hatim, and you are very much uh, coming up this week, in fact. I know that we're coming up to the six-month anniversary uh, this coming week since Saudi women have been able to drive. There are huge, huge changes that are happening in Saudi at the moment, and I know you're very much somebody who's at the forefront of wanting to see those changes uh, right behind. Yeah, right behind Saudi women as well, and... Uh, I love your design so much. Thank you so Thank you. much. Thank you for, for today. having me. It's a pleasure. Giving Thank us you. an insight into you uh, and and who you are and your amazing work. Uh, and I commend you on your great topics. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's it for us on Life Beats today. We are going to be back again from Sunday morning, 10 a.m. with more of the great things that make life beat. Have a fantastic weekend and see you then. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.